It's the Muppets Minute Show, and we're your hosts, Annie and Nick. Yay! We're here to talk about the Muppets movies minute by minute. Today, we're talking about the great Muppet caper, Minute 16. Minute 16 begins with a crazed drumming animal and ends with Fozzie and Gonzo joining in the song. Uh, as we knew they would at some point. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. But I like how this I like how this minute starts because we do need a classic animal drumming shot. And this is probably as good as it gets, right? It really is. I was going to say this. Uh, I think the, the close-ups we get of Animal here in this movie beat the stuff we got in Muppets Minute. We really see yeah. some... Good you mean the Muppet ups. movie? The Muppet yeah. movie. <laughs> We're the Muppet I know, movie. I know what you mean. Yeah, this is great. And I mean, he's... this. I love this sort of the, the backdrop of them playing in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just looks cool. Like, it kind of goes with them. I know we were talking about this a little bit last week. But, like, I like these posters behind him. Yeah. Um, I actually... I was curious. I actually looked up Balalaika. Because oh, I didn't yeah. know... I didn't know what it was, but it actually is that instrument. It's a Russian kind of string instrument that's shaped like a triangle. Right, right. But even one step further, I'm not sure if you saw it, this poster is actually a poster for Balalaika, <laughs> a musical play. That's a three. Oh. Act, yeah, it's a three act Russian play. It's a musical, and okay. all those names that are on there are real. You know, real names. They they made this play. It, it actually opened in London in 1936 and had 569 performances. Wow. So it's, you know, this actually goes to the history of um, this hotel. Like, do you think, it, like you were saying, was it open way back in the day and it has just fallen into disrepair? Maybe this poster is just still hanging up there. That's kind from- yeah. Yeah. Is that what you kind of g- gain from that? I, I think, think so. I think um, I, I think at the very least, it's showing off its history as maybe at one point in time, this was a cultural center and this hotel was really happening. And all the, you know, the people who, you know, came to do the plays in London or maybe see the, come to London to see these plays, maybe stayed here. This was, yeah, this was a high arts hotel, I think, at one point. Yeah, I think I like that. I like that we're like putting the little clues together. And I think maybe, you know, maybe they brought the electric mayhem in to uh it's like a renaissance of sorts. Maybe they're trying right. to to get back uh, you know, what they what they the ma- capture the recapture the magic that they once had back in the 30s. And I mean, who better than to do that with the electric mayhem? Right. I don't know if it's working, but we, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Time, yeah. time time will tell, right? So so you have that one and then I do have info in the other ones. The the other yeah. the other posters like it's all, you know, it's all real stuff. The one kind of uh, to the left of Balalaika. Um that is Magdalena Redlescu and um she was a a painter. Uh she was uh in the early 1900s. Uh she mm-hmm. actually passed in 1983. So actually she was uh yeah. Uh might have, she might have seen that. Then. She might have seen that. Wow, <laughs> you're right. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh she studied art in Munich and Paris and uh did a lot of principally carnival characters and folk dances. So nice. uh, she is real. And then the guy's name on there on that same poster um, he was a cinematographer that did, um, I think you see that actually later in the minute on the longer shot and the wider shot, um, Guy Blanchard, he did, uh, films about artists. So that it's very plausible that, that, uh, that that's that connection there. 
Mm. Yeah, this uh, is going more and more to your theory. I yeah, like exactly. And then let's see, we have the uh, uh, the other one we have here, the the other poster, the Grand Ballet de Marquis de Servas, which is the Ballet of Monte Carlo. Which oh, how did you find that? Like, because it's covered up. It like, is, I didn't even. If you type in enough of the words from the poster, it, it you, you know Google you can, Google happens. You can guess it. Yeah, that's crazy. Google's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give Google all the credit for that one. Uh, <laughs> but that was actually an opera back in 1947, uh, or an opera. It was actually an opera troupe, like a troupe in the 40s and 50s. So, yeah. Uh, All right. And then one more, one more. Why not? Let's give a little history lesson, yeah. everybody. That's why you come to Muppets Minute, because you want exactly. to learn about your history. Uh, so, Sergi Rachmaninoff. Oh, Rachmaninoff. Rachmaninoff, like a, yeah. yeah. You know him? Let's say he's like a composer, right? Well, he was a pianist, yeah, a legendary pianist yeah. in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. He stunned audiences with his virtuosity and touch. We'll just leave nice. it at that. But what? While the guys getting in trouble that for that lately, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not seeing that word. Where are you seeing Rachmaninoff? I'm not uh, seeing that, it anywhere. That's in the okay. So I'm. I'm actually talking about all the posters. So in the wider shot later in this minute. So it is oh, in this minute. Oh, okay, okay. Just a Sorry. little bit later on, far left side. I believe you. But that's all the posters. Yeah, I did my. I did my research on the posters. Nice, nice. I appreciate it because I only did like one and then I stopped. I'll be honest. <laughs> I thought the posters were going to like reveal like puppeteers names and things like that. Yeah. I kind of like that they're real because I do think that, like you said, it goes to the history of the hotel and it kind of adds to it. Yeah. It adds to the character of the hotel. Yeah. Um, so Kermit's a little concerned about animals um, <laughs> outbursts. <laughs> he asks what's wrong with him, essentially. What's the line? I didn't write the line down. But uh, what? What's wrong with the drummer? He seems a little crazed. He seems a little crazed. I mean, that's the understatement of the year. Um, but they say that he's upset that he didn't get to see the Rembrandt exhibit. And, and Animal corrects them that it was actually Renoir that he wanted to see, uh, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that he's, he's, he's an art snob. Right. Like, the, I, I would never have guessed that about Animal, and I love it. Well, you know what? So maybe. All right. So let's take this a step further. Maybe the Electric Mayhem are art snobs. Maybe it is. An, maybe Animal is the one who knows about the the wonderful history of this hotel. Maybe Animal's the one who booked them to stay here because he was so into it, into the art scene. And those are like Animal's posters that you know he found at like flea markets and stuff and hung them up to decorate here. I don't like that. No, you want it to be the hotel's poster? Okay, sorry. Yeah, and I also don't think Animal's capable of doing all of the things that you just mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. So uh, you took it a little too far. You took it a little too far there, Nick. (laughs) All right, (laughs) well, put a pin in that conspiracy theory. I I do like the idea that Animal is uh, is an art snob. I think that's pretty funny. Because it doesn't seem like Zoot knows, not Zoot, uh, Floyd knows the difference, so... (laughs) Uh, but it's very funny. It's very cute. And then we go into this sort of interlude here where the electric mayhem is essentially playing ragtime. Like it's oh. like a rag. It's you know, it's yeah. kind of like a it's like a completely different vibe than the jug band. And it's not the rock. It's just like they're doing ragtime, mm-hmm. you know, I, which I thought is interesting. Um, and it works, but it doesn't really sa- it doesn't sound like the kind of music they typically typically play. So I found it interesting and noteworthy. Yeah. Uh, I do like how how Kermit's kind of like holding on to the post and kind of bopping around. It's mm-hmm. pretty funny. I was watching these minutes this 
this morning and um, my son, who's two, came out and he, he immediately goes, Kermie! And he crawls up into my lap because he loves Kermit. Um, but he just like, the scene doesn't have a whole lot of Kermit in it. So every time it would cut away, he'd be like, where's Kermit? Where's Aww. Kermit? And I'm yeah. like, well, that's not the right minute for that. But <laughs> but we do get some nice Kermit dancing, which I enjoy. So, you know, that, that, cur- that kind of rod in the curtain that's hanging up there. This is, to me, one of the few times that the um that that to film a scene with all these muppets that they use like kind of an out of place blocking mechanism no- yeah yeah normally they try to make it more natural with counters and tables and things like that here they're just blatantly this doesn't really belong here but we're putting this up because we need the place for the puppeteers to be yeah, it almost looks like, I mean, it's like a curtain rod, but it almost makes me think of like a shower curtain or whatever it is. I'm like, it does not belong at that level. No. So I don't know what it's doing there. Yeah, it definitely stuck out to me, too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think this is a, I think this is a continuation of the same rod, but like uh, Ralph's behind one, too, later in the minute with the rats. Yeah, it. I mean, it looks interesting, but like when you really stop to think about it, it doesn't make sense. No, no. And usually they're better about that. So it's funny that they just, you know, that they went with that technique this time. Instead. Well, what's funny is they don't, especially with the Ralph, maybe even with the other shot, they don't even need it. They could just have not had anything and they would just be coming up into the frame. Mm, that's true. And it, you know, it would have looked fine. So I just, it's a strange decision to have it there. Yeah. And I mean, I like that he's grabbing onto the to the pole. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least he's he, at least he's kind of interacting with it, and makes it look a little bit more natural. So I like that. Yeah. Um, his Ralph's lines here are, "Oh, there are bugs, and there are lice," and then the rats <laughs> repeat. <laughs> and they, they, they and they're just so proud of it, you know. Yeah, just, they are. So well, and then um, you know, and Scooter says, "Sure, we have our problems, but you'll never beat our price." So they, you know. Right. It, it it is weird. Like they're they're touting. They let you know everything up front. This is basically like all the fine print stuff. You know, they're the, yeah. The good thing is when you come to the Happiness Hotel, they're letting you know what you're in for. So they're, they're very transparent. No surprises. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I like that. And that you know, it's like take it or leave it. <laughs> we don't want you complaining. So well, and it seems like Fozzie, who gets into it at the end, like you said, is almost like. Um, and even Gonzo too. They're like, they're happy. They're almost like, yeah, you guys got every kind of critter, every kind yeah. of pest, you know. Yeah, and they, you know, they all they often probably feel like misfits. So I mean, they maybe they feel like they fit in here, mm. you know. I mean, we know ne- from next week that or next minute that they do, but um, <laughs> but yeah, he says you've got every kind of critter, and Gonzo doesn't quite finish his line. You've got every kind of. I wonder what he's gonna say. Um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I might as well let it go already. I'll have to delete that because I accidentally said it like 30 seconds ago. Oh, I didn't know that you did, but Good. it's okay. But um, yeah, it's it's you could tell the song's kind of wrapping up. And I love these shots where it's just, you know, they're coming at the camera and the camera's kind of doing this slow tracking shot. It's like the third time now that they've done it when Fozzie and Gonzo and, and Scooter are just kind of coming at the camera a little bit. Yeah, Scooter seems to like that move. That's like one he of does. Scooter's moves. Yeah. <laughs> Scooter is wearing a turtleneck. Oh, wait. Or is that a scarf? Uh, I can't tell. It looks see. like a turtleneck underneath his jacket because that's like the collar of his jacket. And, and then there's a turtleneck. Yeah. Which turtleneck. I did. But I like. I like the turtleneck track jacket look. Yeah. <laughs> it works. That's uh, what, you know, I, that's what, well, I was going to say it's one of the few times at least that I noticed that 
you see behind Scooter's glasses as well because he turns right. Backwards. He turns and it's just black. I noticed that too. Uh, which what else would it be? It doesn't really make sense to be anything else, but it no. is it is it is odd. Like I can't think of another thing I would put back there. No, but I I, I feel like they probably try not to do that. Try not to show it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange. I mean, I, you know, he is in front of Fozzie, so he has to do that to look. But you'd think that he could move a little bit more parallel to Fozzie so that he doesn't have to turn his head so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe they just don't care. I mean, it's not like we think those are real eyeballs. Right. So. <laughs> uh, more on Animal. I like how he gives up on using his drumsticks and bangs his head against the symbol later on in the minute, too. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he just yeah. starts using his face. His nose smashes into the symbol. He, he he just gets so into it. You know, and that's something that more drummers should should adopt. I think. <laughs> uh, it's yes, a really good. Drummers need to be crazier. Yeah, but yeah, I like that. It's very um, it, it it's thoughtful. Yeah, <laughs> it's very animal. And then uh, the other thing I had here is that. Uh, um, Janice and Floyd have kind of similar guitar straps. These like purple uh, sparkly guitar straps. Which oh, never... yeah, they almost look like pipe cleaners. Yeah, yeah. But They're... they are very festive. Yeah. First I was just like, oh, Janice has a festive, uh, you know, guitar strap. But Floyd has the same one, just like thicker, but um, very similar. And I've never noticed those before. Well, they are a couple at this point, right? Oh... Nice. Maybe they maybe it's like the same strap and they share like they cut it in half Aww, or something. That's Isn't adorable. That precious? I love that. Yeah, because yeah, they're in love. They are. And or just in lust. I mean, who knows? <laughs> um, and then lips. All right, I love his hair. Yeah, and he really moves. Like he lets that hair go, and like just the way the way he moves in this scene and just rocks out, like his hair is just so wonderfully done. He shimmies. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the the production value of his hair. Like like it's just it's the perfect hair for like and, and then the perfect movements of a guy with that kind of hair. And you see it just yeah. flop around. I I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's very, it's light and wispy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also has unique eyes, which are like the tops of screws. Yeah. You don't and they always those. look like they're closed. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to find out the end of Gonzo's line, whether you spoiled it or didn't. Uh, tomorrow, when we come back from minute 17, in the meantime, check us out at MuppetsMinute.com on Twitter at MuppetsMinute. And uh, we can't wait to come back tomorrow. We will see you guys then. Bye. With a test on uh, art history. Oh, good. Do your homework. Looking forward to it.